Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Corinthians. Today is episode 504. We're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. Let's read our passage. Boasting is necessary. It is not profitable. But I will move on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether he was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. I know that this man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which a human being is not allowed to speak. I will boast about this person, but not about myself, except of my weakness. For if I want to boast, I wouldn't be a fool because I'd be telling the truth. But I will spare you, so that no one can credit me with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from me. This is 2 Corinthians. This is a letter Paul is sending to the church in Corinth. Titus is taking this letter. Titus has just returned from Corinth after taking the tearful letter down there, trying to resolve the blow-up between Paul and the church in Corinth. And it seems to have helped that uh, most of the people now are reconciled with Paul. There's still a few holdouts, and Paul's dealing with some issues. What are the issues he's dealing with are these group of people that he calls super apostles. He also calls them false apostles. They're a group of people who have come to Corinth and are Jewish Christians, at least they claim to be, but they're advocating that you must become a Jew in order to be a Christian. And they're very impressive, and people are drawn to them. They claim to be superior to Paul because they're more impressive than Paul and because they're better speakers than Paul. And Paul is using this section, the beginning of chapter 11 through chapter 12, verse 13, the section called the fool's speech, in which Paul says, I'm speaking like a fool because I'm boasting. And he considers boasting to be foolishness. It's not profitable, but he's mocking them, basically mirroring their boasts. And their boasts are their incredible accomplishments, their impeccable Jewish pedigree, and their visions and revelations. And so Paul countered their claim to pedigree with his own, which is, I'm every bit as much of a pure Jew as they are. Then their accomplishments he countered with his weaknesses, where everything they touch turns to gold. Paul says, well, everything I do, it gets hard, and I have suffered for the cause of Christ because I'm weak. There is nothing in me that matters. It's all based on God. Now he's moving into this last section, visions and revelations. And this is where they seem to claim some kind of paranormal experience, a supernatural experience that God has spoken to them and revealed things to them. And this is why you should listen to them. Let's pick it up in chapter 12, starting with verse 1. Boasting is necessary. It is not profitable. Well, that's an interesting statement. Um, If it's not profitable, then why is it necessary? Remember Paul's speaking here. He says, I'm playing the fool here. And the reason I'm doing it is because you guys are listening to fools. You guys are being led astray based on the boasting of these 
super apostles, these false apostles. These guys are telling you how great they are and how wonderful they are, and you're taking it in hook, line, and sinker. You guys are such suckers for this kind of stuff. I, I need to counter with that kind of talk to show just how silly it is. So boasting is necessary because you guys have made it necessary, but it's not profitable because boasting is not the way to show authenticity. Authenticity is shown by God through your ministry. He says, but I will move on to visions and revelations of the Lord. Well, his point here about visions and revelations, well, why they seem impressive to the casual observer, they're irrelevant to the discussion of the legitimacy of apostleship. He can tell you all the visions and revelations he had. One, there's no way to verify it, but also, so what? He's had these incredible visions and revelations. It doesn't mean he's been called to be an apostle or not. Now, he says they're visions and revelations of the Lord. That can be translated two different ways, and I don't know any way, either way is preferable. Visions and revelations of the Lord can mean from the Lord or about the Lord. And so just a, a note there of the Lord. Now, verse 2. I know a man in Christ who was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Well, this is an interesting statement. And we know, just stick back and look at this, he's talking about himself here. He uses this, I know a guy, uh, language. And obviously he is talking about himself. But he is a man in Christ, and he was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Well, start with the 14 years ago. This is probably A.D. 55 or 56. It would be the time frame that he is here in Macedonia writing 2 Corinthians. So 14 years ago, he probably would have been in Tarsus, the period in which he had encountered Christ at Damascus, gone to Arabia for three years, come back to Damascus, then went to Jerusalem, and then left Jerusalem and went back home to Tarsus. And he stayed there until Barnabas went to Antioch and saw that things were really jumping in Antioch and went to Tarsus to get Paul to assist him in ministering in Antioch. So 14 years ago would probably have been that time frame, the time frame after he left Jerusalem, but before he went to Antioch. And we have no indications of anything about what went on during that time. It doesn't seem to relate to anything in the book of Acts. But Paul says he had this experience. Now, why does he use this terminology, I know a guy who had this experience? Well, because Paul's not boasting about this. Remember, Paul's playing the fool here. He's boasting in his weakness, not his superiority in revelations and visions. So this guy was caught up to the third heaven. Let's talk about that for a second. What's the third heaven? Well, in Jewish thinking, kind of, there was three heavens. The, the sky, you know, the birds of the heaven, well, the heaven to be in the sky. The second heaven, the place where the sun, the stars, the moon is, that's, that's the second heaven. The third heaven is the place where God is. That's kind of the, the general thinking. So that's probably what he's referring to here with the third heaven. Now he adds, whether he was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. 
God note. Now, no reason to think he's not telling the truth here, but he's also not wanting to give too many details here. What do you mean he was caught up to the third heaven? Did he actually go there, or was this just some kind of vision or revelation? And he basically says, I don't know, but that's not important. The important thing is he had the experience, and God knows about it. And he basically repeats that information. Verse 3, I know that this man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a human being is not allowed to speak. So he repeats most of it again. The guy was caught up to the third heaven, except now he uses the term paradise. And he adds the whole, uh, he was in the body or out of the body, I don't know, God knows. So what's the difference between paradise and the third heaven? I don't think he's trying to write a roadmap or a Wikipedia article here. So he's just using language. The word paradise is a Persian word that has been adopted by the, the Jewish people. And it basically means park. Paradise is just a wonderful place. And Jesus used that term when Jesus was on the cross and said to the thief on the cross who came to faith, today you'll be with me in paradise. Basically, it's the same thing. It's the place where God is. And so the third heaven, paradise, don't get too caught up in the actual words. Paul's just saying he had this incredible revelation, this incredible experience. But he can't say much about it because he heard inexpressible words, which a human being is not allowed to speak. Now, there's some debate on whether it should be translated is not allowed to speak or is unable to speak about, whether it's really referring to the idea that it's inexpressible and that there are no human words which can convey what went on, or whether it's forbidden to say what went on. And the whole point is, don't get too caught up in these details, because Paul's basically saying, I'm not telling you details about this. So we can't analyze the details because Paul's withholding details. Some of which he says basically, I can't talk about that. So we have this incredible experience caught up to third heaven, caught up to paradise, and, and experienced things which basically he can't share, either because he's not permitted to or is just unable to, or there is no ability to share these kind of things. Verse 5, he says, I will boast about this person, not about myself except of my weaknesses. Well, we know he's talking about himself. So what's the deal here? Well, he's trying to basically keep this at arm's length. Saying, if you guys want to boast about visions and revelations, try and top that one. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about my weakness, because that's really all I can boast about. This thing that happened, that was between God and me. And I really can't share it with you guys, either because it's unshareable or it's just not permitted to be shared. Regardless, I can't talk about that. I want to boast about something. That'd be something to boast about. But I'm not boasting about that. I'm boasting about my weaknesses. Verse 6. For if I want to boast, I wouldn't be a fool because I'd be telling the truth. So he's uh, basically letting them know that if you really want to boast about visions and revelations from God, he's got you all beat, but that's not the sort of thing to boast about. That's not the sort of thing that gives legitimacy to apostleship. You're an apostle because you're appointed by God, not because you're super special, not because you're so impressive, not because you're a wonderful speaker, 
not because of all the great ministries you have done. You're an apostle because you've been appointed by God to be an apostle. End of verse 6, he adds, But I will spare you so that no one can credit me with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from me. So I'm not going to boast about that. I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. And I think basically you can just kind of reword this whole thing into what you see is what you get. I, I don't want anybody seeing anything about me other than what they see in me. I am who I am. So Paul's mocking them as far as their boasting. They're boasting that they are impressive. Paul's boasting is God is impressive and God has chosen to use me and has done some impressive things and allowed me to be a part of them. I have suffered greatly for the cause of Christ. I have been beaten and shipwrecked and flogged and imprisoned and abused. And um, it's, it's, it's tough, tough work. But it's not about me. It is about God. So you should listen to me because God has appointed me to be an apostle to bring to you the truth. Don't be listening to these guys because they're so impressive from a worldly perspective. One, that doesn't mean they're apostles, but more importantly, because they're presenting to you a false gospel, a false Christ, a false spirit. So Paul's wrapping up his fool's speech here. He's talked about his visions and revelations. Now he's going to talk about the thorn in the flesh. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 2 Corinthians.